0: Guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast, it's your host James. As always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we are going to jump directly into it. You know, it's really funny because I had the um, I had the script of my this episode already written and, you know, just ready to go. And I got up this morning and I'm going over this script and I said, you know, this script is backwards. And not I mean, not totally backwards, but the first thing that I had listed was like the latest thing that I have been up to, which has been the movies. But then I said, man, this is going to be very unfair because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about the latest movie that I've seen, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania." And maybe some of the people that listen have not seen the movie yet. So that being said, I'm going to switch the uh, script around just a little bit and we're going to talk about the movie last and we're going to jump right into what I care about most, which is video games. So let's do that. Um, What I have been playing recently, because there has been a lot of games that have been coming out since I have last recorded uh, uh, an episode. I think the last episode I had planned to record was Halloween. So you can imagine uh, I have been on a hiatus for, those many moons and we are back. Um but with that said, um, you know, I have been playing a lot of video games in the beginning of 2023. One of the games that I have been playing a lot of has been Hogwarts Legacy. So <clears throat> big surprise. Um it's a it's a really, 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 really cool game. Um I was anticipating that this would be Uh, a game that I would be interested in Uh, it's really funny because you know I'm not really into open world games you know games like your Grand Theft Autos or your Red Dead Redemptions like those kind of games bore me a little bit but I think what really drew me into Hogwarts Legacy as far as the potential of of what I was going to enjoy in that game was just the aspect of me already being invested in the overall you know universe like I've already enjoyed the books I've enjoyed the movies so I had a firm investment in you know in the overall existence of that world and you know they just kind of had me sold on the concept that you know I could have my own character and it could just be me and it could just basically be my version of you know um, you know what going to Hogwarts is like so you know I bought in and and you know I think the game is really really good I personally this is me and I know a lot of people are gonna you know uh, respond in contention and say that there are other games that are coming out that could be what I'm going to say but I am uh, you know if I could vote today I am putting my vote in for game of the year with Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, it is phenomenal. It is a great game. I mean, it's super good and it's this is it's beyond me just it's beyond me just being a fan and it's just me recognizing that they put a lot of love and effort um into creating this masterpiece. It's just it's so good. It it makes you feel nostalgic from the very beginning um you know like right from the moment where you know you turn corner and and you see hogwarts for the first time and you hear these familiar jingles and you know it's just it's just very well done and the songs aren't necessarily the same as they are in the movie but again like they're 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 sort of familiar to the point where you just feel at home and it's just it's just cool now there's a lot of stuff that i really love about hogwarts legacy but there is some things that i kind of not not necessarily dislike but there are things that i wish upon so we will talk about that so first off i do want to say that one of the standout features in the game overall is the combat so you you basically fight with um you know your wand and spells which you learn over the course of missions, uh, which are kind of masquerading as classes and, you know, uh, uh, relationships outside of Hogwarts. You learn different things. And, you know, the more that you learn in regards to the spells, the uh, more you open up a potential to, you know, a style of combat that, you will be comfortable with so there's like all kinds of things that you can do um which is kind of funny because these are things that you can do in a lot of other action games like you know slowing people down or freezing them out right you know flipping them you know and you know making them kind of bounce off of stuff or you know pulling them towards you kind of jedi style or you know there's like so many different things you can do and to be able to combine them between the different spells and there's like a combo counter so you kind of feel like you're playing devil devil may cry a little bit um but it's super satisfying the combat is super satisfying um what i really enjoy and i haven't had a chance to actually dive into it but i do believe they have like a combat arena so like if you're, like, super into the combat and you just really want to test your your skills, like, there's a place for that where you could just go and just fight endless hordes until, you know, you don't survive anymore. And I think that's really cool because, like, the, again, the potential of how you combine those different spells, it's, like, it's damn near endless. It's It's just super cool. Like, I sometimes walk away from the game and I'm thinking, like, bro, like, you know, can I – is it possible for me to, like – you know, take, the, you know, take the take this spell and combine it with this one over here. Or Like, how can I do that? You know, it's 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 just it's insane. I, I just really I just really, really enjoyed just the combat overall. Um, one thing that I wish, though, is I wish that they um, I wish they had a proper day and night cycle like they do have a day and night cycle and it tends to happen, you know, in an organic fashion you know, game-wise, but, like, there's nothing that, like, really incentivizes you to head back to Hogwarts if you're out and about in the countryside. There's nothing that really, um, you know, limits itself to, I mean, there are some missions that you do that, you know, mandatorily have to be done at night. Obviously, classes need to be done in the daytime, but, like, every time I'm in a, in the middle of a mission, you know, there's nothing where I can, um, You know, get myself back to my uh, my sleeping quarters and, you know, I don't know, study or do something, um, converse with other students. That would be kind of cool. You just don't have that option. So a lot of times you, you can just you can pretty much just go from mission to mission. And if you get to a mission that needs to take place in the daytime. They'll just have the option for you to wait and you, you know, you press the button to wait and all of a sudden it's daytime again. So I don't know, like, I I feel like a proper day night cycle or, or, or an ability to just go back to a, a hub, which you do get a hub and I won't say exactly what that is. You do get somewhere to go at some point. But again, I, I, I think that it doesn't really help to define what you're doing at any particular point in the day or night it's just a little confusing um one thing that i have said and i've seen this uh reported you know in in the media but i I, i've been saying this from day one this game needs a companion system this game has to like the one thing okay so I already know because, you know, I'm playing this game and this is meant for me to basically feel like myself, you know, in Hogwarts, just kind of having my own kind of like thing going on. But I also want to emulate the movies a little bit, the books a little bit. I want to have some friends. You know, I would love if they made it an option for you to make up to, you know, two or three friends to just kind of tag along on different missions or whatever. Like they do... They do have uh, narrated, uh, I, I don't want to call them companions because they, they, they really are just, just mission givers. And, you 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 know, there are times in the game where you can choose uh, who you're going to do a mission for at, at one time or another. Um, you know, there are some people that you need to kind of keep a relationship flowing in order to... Um, advance in certain skills and spells i won't get too deep into that but i wish that there was just a hard line set of uh friends that you had and i wish there was like a relationship system to say you know how close the bond is with the friendship that you have with these selected people and it would be really cool like because i think one of the things that they've done in this game which i which i find pretty interesting is that They do give you a lot of integration with the other house houses. So you talk to a lot of different people from Gryffindor or from and I'm because I'm Ravenclaw. That's how I got sorted. Um, But, you you know, you talk to a lot of different people from from the different houses. Um, But I would just think it would be so cool if you if like when you're in the common room or you're in your dorm, you know, you have an ability to be around uh, a set of friends. That would just that would be that would be fun to me, that's, that's what I think. I don't know. Um, Somebody else could tell me what what they would think or what they would possibly want in the game, but that, to me, is what I would need, and that would just make everything pretty awesome. Um, One thing also that I think that they they need, and this this could very well be on their ticket, I don't know, but, you know, one of my main things I was thinking was, like, they got to have Quidditch in this game. Like, even if it's even if it's an outside of the game mode of sorts um that would be really really fun to you know play quidditch and you know have the background of all the you know fans cheering you on and whatever i mean even if they were able to do a wizard cup you know kind of like in the in the vein of like uh, iron banner from destiny like just like once every blue moon, they do this tournament and, you know, you can kind of participate in that and they'd have trials and stuff that you can do and post put up good times on different events. And, you know, hopefully you can win this cup and it's be a, you know, kind of something that you can kind of showcase on your profile. That will be cool. Um Also, I wish that the classes were more frequent. They now I, I'll, and I say that very lightly because classes are as frequent as you will need them to be because or as you want them to be because a lot of the classes are are skill dependent and what i mean is is that they're the only ways that you can get said skills now a lot of these skills that that you would get through these classes they do have prerequisites so like they'll make you go out in the open world and like they'll say okay defeat five of these enemies with this skill that you already have and you know go and harvest this plant or you know Go find five of these resources. And then once you do that, then you'll get um, you'll get a, a an owl letter, a letter from your owl. And, you know, you'll have like the teacher saying, oh, you know, see me in class tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, it, it'll just show you that if, if that's the mission that you're currently going through, you know, you'll just you'll just know to go to class. And and some, some of the classes play out pretty good, you know. At the point where you're already introduced to the teacher, um, and you don't really need any, you know, direct narration to move the story, they do just kind of play out just a scene of just showing the kids, kind of, you know, in class and being studious and some goofing off and this, that, and the third. But then it always ends the day with you uh, and said teacher um, practicing your spell. I don't, I don't necessarily like. The confirmation of how you, um, how you lock in the spell, like they, they make you do this. I, I would assume it's a, it's a motion. Um, basically, it's just uh, it's a trailing of light, and you just kind of have to hit these uh, buttons in sequence. So it'll be like A, and then another A, and then B, and then Y, and then X, and it's just so easy. Like it doesn't feel. It doesn't feel as laborious as it probably should feel if you were truly learning a spell. Maybe they could speed that up so that it's a little bit faster. So it, it's a a little bit more incentivizing to, you know, really kind of getting that pattern down um, or if there was a way that they could implement the motion. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I, I kind of looked at that and I was like, this is probably something that would have been really cool if uh, this game was like on the Wii or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, overall, um, the game is pretty freaking good. Um, I probably clocked in about 40 some odd hours already. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't get I don't get a lot of time to play. But when I uh, do, it's just like, you know, we're, we're going to get back into this. Um, you know, you know, what's so funny is like I'm literally playing this game and i'm acting exactly as i would if i were a student today and um you know like i'm thinking about certain spells that are available and stuff like that and i'm like i would never learn those because i'm a good person (laughs) you know like so i i you know i mean and if i mean the only way that i will learn those spells is if it's a part of you know like a a marker to get some trophy or whatever like if it's that simple and all i gotta do is just learn the spells then okay whatever um, but I just don't, I, what I don't want is I don't want the narrative of my actions to change based on what I know. Like, I don't want people looking at me and be like, Oh, you know, that spell you're, yeah, you're a bad dude. So yeah, but it's, it's a really fun game. I highly recommend it. If, uh, you know, if you enjoy open world games and you know, you like, uh, things with exploration, there's a lot, dude, there's a lot of stuff to do too. There's, they have uh you know, you can like Hogwarts itself, like the castle is huge. There, like, I've played this game for a few weeks now and I'm still finding places in the castle that I have never been. It is just crazy. And it gets even more crazy when you start to get more accessibility. Like when you start to get the, uh, uh, the spells to unlock doors, um, which you essentially have to level up if you want to, you know, get more um, high-valued items and whatnot. Um, there's also a stealth system uh, within the game. I don't know if they have an invisibility cloak. I hope they do. That would be really cool. Um, but they do have spells that can kind of, um, you know, hide your, uh, you know, your uh, ability to. Or keep you hidden while you are trying to do sneaky, sneaky things. Um, I don't too much like stealth in any game. I think stealth sucks because <laughs> I'm just really bad at it. Um, and if there's ever the option of, you know, using stealth, talking, or just fighting, I'd much rather just talk my way through everything. Like, that, I love games like that where talking is an implementation that you can employ in order to get past something that you really aren't any good at. Um... But man, what else is in there? They they have, um, you know, they got secret rooms. Um, they have lore, um, you know. They're, they're I guess you a part of the a part of the story is that you have this like codex, and you're filling it up with information based on places that you are, things that you're looking at, um, you know, and um, you know you go all around this castle, and it's just like all this different lore that you can you know um, engage with and then there's the expansive you know countryside there's like so many different places to go it's insane and there's uh, a wide variation of enemy types they have animals that you can capture and like pokemon and keep and farm and do all that stuff um you know you could obviously brew spells or or brew uh, potions and um you can you know plant uh you know different uh different plants and herbs and stuff like that so that you can produce uh uh, different uh you know things that you may need in battle i don't necessarily use a lot of those things like the potions and stuff i usually just go out there and use my wand. Um but it's it's to your own preference. It's it's that's what I love about the game. It is accessible to the way that you want to enjoy it. It is it do, you know it doesn't have to go any particular way. I do however feel like I'm I'm slacking on the fact of like how I actually defend myself because I know that like when I like they have a they have a part in the game which that's another thing. Like they had this like dueling class or something like that. But it's not like a primary part of the game, which, you know, it, it's a mission and you, you can get, you know, you get something for, you know, all that you invest in it. But it's like it's over so quick because once they once they told me I could duel, I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to beat this up. And I would sit there and I would go through all the duels right then and there. And um and once it was done, it was done. And I'm like, no, no, no. This has to be like a part of the game where I can just. Like whenever I feel like it, I just can come in here and and I can duel people, and I can say how many people I want to duel against and whatever. And that was the one place that was really putting me on the defense of uh, of engaging in in a, in a wizard duel, you know, because obviously if people are slinging spells back at you, you want to you know be as defensive as you can. And the way that the way that they play into the defense is like cool because like if you perfectly block a spell that's meant to curse you or hit you then you'll you know you have a ability to defensively throw a spell back and you can upgrade it so that it just does all kinds of crazy stuff it's uh, I can't I can't say enough about the game and I'm going to stop saying things about the game because the bottom line is uh Hogwarts Legacy really really cool game get it if you haven't got it it's amazing another game and this is kind of like a sleeper hit to me um and I haven't been able to play much of it but I have played some and I definitely want to talk about it and it is hi-fi rush hi-fi rush is a crazy cool game and to be quite honest i had no clue what the heck hi-fi rush was i hadn't like square enix has been killing it like i believe that yeah i believe it was Square Enix to put this game out and they just I don't know. They just snuck this game out there. I don't know who was expecting this. I wasn't expecting this, but I know that it hit, it hit social media and I start checking it out and I'm like, okay, looks kind of cartoony. Let's see what's going on. And I took the leap and I bought the game and I was like, this is crazy. This is like something I've never played before. Oh no, wait. It is like things I played before because it is, is basically kind of like an action game as well but the difference is it's a rhythm action game and you know it you know you 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 fight enemies in a sequence you know match matching buttons in a sequence and it's just it just feels so good and then they have like you know they have original music that they that they have in the game but i do believe they have some licensed music because i fought one i think i fought the first boss and they played a song by Nine Inch Nails, and um, it, it's just like, it, especially if you know the song, it is just so easy to just tap into the rhythm of the fight and just. It's different. It's really different. And I think I think what I enjoy the most about the game is the style because it literally looks like you're playing like an anime. It it, it is just stylistically so perfect and it's super colorful it's super awesome it's super open and i love it i actually was having a great time with that game uh, i think the characters are pretty fun um, you your character's name is chai um, you meet other characters with weird names like 808 which is the cat and uh peppermint which is the young lady who uh controls the cat and and I believe there's going to be more characters that I would meet potentially in the game. Um, but I haven't got there yet because, like I said, Hogwarts Legacy has been really killing up my time. But, yeah, man, it, it has really awesome art style, um, really fun rhythmic combat. And I think the characters, ju- just the way that they interact with each other and the way that the game is, narr- is being, you know, narrated and flowing now, it's just like – you just can't help but just like smile. It's like one of those games that makes you smile. That that there it is right there. It's just a really smiley game. <laughs> like it's it's really cool though. I really enjoy it. I am looking forward to jumping back into it. I, I believe that game was a little cheaper than most games. I think it was thirty nine ninety nine. You know like like that that's the that's the other thing that really incentivized me to get it because I was like, you know I I, I enjoy when you know, a company isn't trying to gouge you every time because there's been some games that have been coming out lately where they're hitting that $70 mark. And I'm just kind of like, is that really worth $70? You know, like I, I can't call it. I don't know. I, I don't really think there's any game. Well, let's just let's say this. If Hogwarts Legacy was $70 out the gate, would I have purchased it? Absolutely. Yes, I would have without question. I think it just depends on like that that's what it is. It's the audacity to ask me for seventy bucks in a property that I've never experienced in my life. Like if you do it with something I'm familiar with, then that kind of incentivizes me because I because I'm already familiar with it. But when you put it on games I've never heard of or, you know, you're just you're just you're just ambitiously hoping that, you know, I, I kind of buy in, then yeah, it's not gonna happen, dude. Um, but yeah, Hi Fi Rush, definitely worth the hype and a play if you will it is really really cool especially if you like really colorful awesome cheery games things that make you happy um some other games that have been hitting the pc because that's where i primarily play you guys know i play on the steam deck still haven't got me a ps5 i think i'm done with consoles all over but you you guys already know that um returnal has hit pc it is on steam and people are really happy about that because that has been a PS5 exclusive for some time. And it's a uh, really interesting game. Um, I've watched a friend of mine, uh, Roxas, shout out to Roxas. Um, he he would stream this game a lot. And it. I mean, the way that it comes off to me is like a bullet hell shooter, um, but also a roguelike because I believe he was collecting a lot of different Items and guns and things of that nature. Um, I think it looks fine. I personally wouldn't play it. But, you know, if you're into, you know, um, you know, reaching out for, you know, really awesome weapons to fight, you know, diabolical monsters and, and, you know, dodge a bunch of, you know, bullets or or glowing glowing uh, boba balls, then, yeah, you might want to pick it up but I know a lot of people enjoy it. So, you know, good for them. Um, wild hearts, um, also launched on PC and I believe it's also on PS five. I'm not too sure about the performance on the PS five, but I know that there are reports that this game is completely borked on the PC, um, unplayable on my steam deck. So, I'm not even going to think about it. And that's one of those uh, games that they're asking $70 for. And see, that's another thing, <clears throat> you know, if you're going to ask me for $70 for a game, make sure it works. Just make sure it works. Um, I read a report that they were saying something about the game only running on a single core um, by default and that they would have it to where, you know, they fix that because they like I, it, I primarily I'm hearing that there's just performance issues, just, just really, really bad performance issues. Um, I have never heard of this game. I I looked into it. It looks something that is comparable to Monster Hunter World, um, which I really, really enjoyed Monster Hunter World. Um, and I may give it a try. Like if they if they fix this and they optimize it and, you know, I come to understand that it can uh, eventually uh, work on the Steam Deck, I just may go for that um, because Monster Hunter World is probably one of the more accessible monster hunters. Cause I don't like the original style monster hunters. Cause I just, I don't know. I just feel like the, the, uh, like I, like it's like, I can never get like, I, I can't do it by myself. And then I can never find people to do it with. And so it just really, really depresses me. But when I play monster Hunter world, like that's easy enough that I can accomplish a lot by myself. <clears throat> and when people come, come around to play it's super fun. So, yeah, um, Wild Hearts, if you got it, let me know how it is because um, I'm kind of interested and hopefully they fix it. Um, <clears throat> another game that's on the way coming out uh, next week, Tuesday, is going to be uh, like a dragon Ishin, Um, which um, a lot of people are excited for. You know, if you are into the Yakuza series, um, more notably, if you enjoyed the. Um, their uh previous release like a dragon which i think a lot of people did i actually really enjoyed it too i'm more into the yakuza games because i like the serious tone of those games but the ridiculousness of like a dragon is just super 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 awesome and so now they're kind of taking that ridiculous spin and putting it in a periodic game where this is taking place um in feudal japan so you are um, I don't know if you're a Ronin or just a flat-out samurai for some Shogun or something, but yeah, you're you're a badass and you got you got you got a sword and you got a gun and you run around and you're you're slicing and dicing and shooting. Um, they actually put out a combat demo. Um, I think it's widely available on all platforms, and yeah, it's it's you know more Yakuza. I personally think I will wait to see what they have to offer you know more globally because the combat is always going to be fine to me like those you know nothing really changes with those games uh in the respect and i think that's what we like as fans we don't want much to change in that respect you know if it's not broken don't fix it um but yeah if if they if they had just given me like maybe the first like maybe they could have just given me like i don't know like a five-hour trial or something like that just to kind of get through as much of the as much of the game as I could um or maybe only locking me out into you know up to chapter one or something like that um that way I would have got it a more rounded feel for just the game overall um but yeah the combat's fun you know it was a little it's a little wonky because I because I didn't know how to switch from my gun to my uh sword so then but I did it by accident, and then I was having the gun, and I was just like, "Okay, no, I want to get back to the sword." And you know, I'm already surrounded by people. It was just a little weird, but um, yeah, I think I think you know, people who enjoy uh, like a dragon are gonna enjoy that. And I wouldn't, you know, I I would I personally would probably wait until it goes on sale. Um, but that's just me because that's the same thing I did with like a dragon. Um, I just kind of waited for it to get on sale. Once it went on sale, went and grabbed it, had myself a good time um also coming out is atomic heart <clears throat> atomic heart is going to come out on monday which is a holiday I'm wondering if you guys are going to be working on monday because i know i'm going to be working on monday because we're roofers and that's what roofers do make sure you have a roof even on holidays um but yeah um atomic heart i know a lot of people have been waiting for that game um which is Kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a futuristic tale on a utopia. It looks like it's set in Russia or some iteration of, you know, a European, um, you know, state. And uh, it looks fun. looks interesting. I um, It kind of looks like, uh, what's that one game? The Outer Worlds? I think that's the game that I'm thinking about. The one that's uh, supposed to, that was done by the developers of Fallout. Um which I which I don't even know who who's done this game Atomic Heart like and I haven't I hadn't heard so much about this game up until like about a week ago, because um, I just see people just flipping out about it. So I'm just like, yo, what is this? You know, it's like another first person shooter. Like, hopefully it's good. And what I saw looks interesting. So I may if like out of the games that I've mentioned, Returnal, Wild Hearts, Like a Dragon Nation, <clears throat> and Atomic Heart, I'd probably jump into Atomic Heart. Um, only because I I already have an I already have an iteration of more, the majority of these games, uh, with the exception of Returnal, which I feel like it's just its own uh, game in its own right. I just don't think I want to like I, I don't I don't want <laughs> to with Returnal I don't want to play a game that's going to make me mad <laughs> like that game will make me mad. I will lose a lot and I will be mad, <laughs> but um, but I can get into a game like Atomic Heart because I can just set that mess on easy and just kind of just flow through it and just enjoy myself shooting up robots and, you know, people in a dystopian future. You know, they want me dead for whatever reason. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that's coming out on Monday. So look out for that. And um, yeah, now we can talk about some Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, But before I do that, I want to shout out some friends of mine, Um, you know, friends who have held me down since I've been on my little hiatus. I've been, you know, investing more of my time engaging with people through social media and their platforms and stuff. So I just wanted to kind of uh, shout them out saying uh, thank you. I'd already shouted out Roxas. So what's up, Roxas? And um, I wanted to also shout out um uh three of my favorite streamers on uh twitch which i never do twitch but you know when i do i go to check out these folks and uh it's no pro player uh she plays league of legends and she's really animated on her stream and i really really enjoy going over there um she's always banded up with her friends to get some league going and it's really really awesome because she harbors a really positive community they all do so i I, i'd be repeating myself about all of these folks but it's no pro player she is really really awesome um in her streams so thank you and then the next is going to be gamer girl gamer gal g-a-l-p-h-d and she plays a lot of um she switches around she has like a schedule of games um that she tends to play i think recently she's been playing some planet Zoo. Which looks really fun. And we had a little conversation about foxes and my, you know, affection for foxes. And um, I think she's planning to recently, uh, more recently, engage in some Resident Evil 7. So if you're into that game, you want to see it get played. If you want to see somebody who's quite fearful, as she has explained herself. Uh, I would check out uh gamer gal phd on twitch so thank you for being an awesome place to hang out and last is oh my thief uh oh my thief is <clears throat> really cool individual who's on twitch he plays a various uh a variation of uh games which is cool I think the um last one he's been playing is I think it's called sea of thieves I think that's it I, I'm not sure I think it said Mike said Microsoft game I think it's the sea of thieves It's a pirate game. He was playing that. Uh, But he plays a wide uh, variety of games, which is really cool. He harbors one of the more popular... I mean, not popular, but... um, Well, no, he is popular. Um, But one of the friendliest communities. Because I really like places that I can just go, and I can not just speak with the streamer, but I can speak with others and be open and happy, and everything's just cool. And he has that. He fosters that community, and it's just... It's a really awesome chill place to kind of hang out and watch games get played and play games while you're watching. I that's what I do. I usually play these. Ga- I play games while I'm watching or like with uh with uh it's no pro player. I usually watch her streams while I'm sitting at my desk while I'm at work while I'm doing paperwork. I'm watching it's no pro player. I'm watching gamer gal PhD when I'm getting home and I want to relax. And I'm watching oh my thief when the time is right, which is always. So yeah. If you if you're on Twitch and you enjoy Twitch and you enjoy watching streams, I would say go and check out those folks because they are awesome at what they do. And they're just really great people. So there you go. Now that those uh, shout outs are done, we're going to get into some Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And yeah, if you have made it to this point and you have not seen this film, I will say pause this now. And go see the film whenever you want to, whenever you do, and then come back and we'll talk about it because I'm going to be talking about everything. All right. Now, here we go. So, I have seen Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and I have to say that overall, I did not enjoy the film. I did not enjoy the film because I don't particularly like Ant Man films. I feel the same way about the Ant Man franchise as I feel about Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like both of those franchises focuses a little too much on the comedic side of things for my liking. Um I'm just not somebody who wants to ha ha, you know, while I'm watching superhero save the world. Um, I think that's what was wrong with Thor lately. Too much ha, not enough, you know, badassery. Um and yeah, it's just like to me like it just wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable film overall. However, there are, you know, there are definitely some qualities that I enjoyed. I did enjoy the world, you know, the quantum realm as they have, you know, shown it and explained it. I really did enjoy that. I enjoyed the, you know, the different looking characters and just how unique uh and and refreshing everything looked you know not everything has to take place in you know new york city or los angeles you know so um it was really cool to just kind of see this otherworldly thing going on um you know just felt different and that is one thing that i can take away from like guardians of the galaxy at least you know the the setting of where things are happening is very unique to my senses it's just like i just don't buy into you know the characters and their interactions is just kind of boring um but yeah like uh i guess i guess for me it was just kind of disjointed in a lot of ways um you know uh, what i will say is that jonathan majors was awesome as kang he was awesome he did a hell of a job that's not to discount the performance that anybody else turned in i just don't enjoy those particular performances um but what he was able to uh project with uh king the conqueror was just it was just great it was awesome and shout out to michelle pfeiffer too she did a really good job um in her part i think she was just really really engaged in you know really performing above what they may have given her in a script i mean i just i felt like she was overkilling it which was just really awesome to see um one thing that really felt really strange and i think it will be like that for a lot of people is modok like modok just wasn't it that was not it um it was it was comically bad like i don't know like like a stretched out face you know I mean, it, there was just no good way to make MODOK believable. I mean, I would have much rather they just CG'd the whole thing instead of, like, superimposing this real face on this, you know, this MODOK-style body. Like, it just, it just didn't come across okay. It just—when he had the shield over his face, he looked, you know—I was just like, yo— if you keep that shield thing over his face and he has that really mean looking grimace all the time, then I'm with that. But whenever he lifts that shield and we're looking at his real face and he's like really talking like I don't like I'm not with that at all. I I no, like MODOK was just terrible. Um, now, one of the things that I will say, even though I was really in the king, I felt like I, I don't feel as threatened by him now that I see everything that he himself is capable of like you know like because that was my that was like my number one question is like how how devastating is the individual you know because that that was the same question that i had about thanos it's like okay so you know thanos you know he threatens us in the end of one film fine i'll do it myself and we came to see him do it himself. And what's one of the first things that he did that really set the tone was he beat the crap out of the <laughs> out of the Hulk, you know, and and that was just like, OK, yeah, he's he's different. Um, you definitely get a sense of how. Powerful Kang is, but I, I feel like, you know, like I don't know, like like to me, his powers are not really they're not well defined. You know, because he was doing a lot of things like a lot of telekinesis, like he was doing a lot of that, a lot of energy blasts. You know, but to what effect is he doing this? Like, is it all in the suit? Are these abilities that he has as somebody from the future? Like, like what? How is he able to do all this stuff? You know, like the telekinesis stuff was just too Darth Vader-ish for me. Um, even though, again, I enjoyed uh, Jonathan Majors turn in of his performance because he in in, it just his face and his dialogue he was extremely calculating that's what I loved about the character he was very calculated everything that he said the way that he said it the delivery it was just perfect but it was the powers that were behind the things that he was doing that I just didn't overly all overly agree with. I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know how you did that. Now, Michelle Pfeiffer did her her character um did explain in the movie because the point was that he was exiled to the quantum realm where, you know, it's a realm that exists outside of time and you know, he was exiled there, he had no way to get back, but she helped him um, you know, rebuild his his ship. You know, which she explained was a ship that can, you know, can go across the multiverse in any point in time, wherever he wanted to go. It could take him. Um, But it needed this energy core and they worked on this energy core and they got this energy core together. And and this was another disjointed part in the movie where I was like, because she says, I touched the ship and I found out, you know, who he truly was. And I'm thinking, okay, well, was that an effect of the ship or was that you like what made you, you know, what made you, you know, uh, you know, purge his not purge his mind? But what made you kind of, you know, get this this level of of cognitive ability to just understand his capabilities up to that point? Like I I, I, like I was just like, I don't know how that happened, you know, so that was a little disheartening. um, But. You know, like, again, the calculated shift of Jonathan Majors as Kang, it, it just, it was just, it was so dynamic because he was so endearing up to that point. But the moment you could see, the moment he knew that she knew what he was capable of, his whole demeanor changed. And I said, you know, this is somebody that you really don't want to run into because like comparing them to the to the major villains that we've had right so you know we've had ultron who you know he he measures with a level of inevitability you know it is meant to be you know we are you know we are evolution incarnate like we're gonna wipe you off the face of the earth and we will make a perfect world okay great then you got thanos you know who his whole motivation is you know I have a strong will to survive and only the strong will survive. And in order to make that happen, we're cutting everything down by half. Okay, great. This dude is different. (laughs) You know, like his whole motivation is I have seen the worst of worlds. I have seen the way everything ends and I am on a mission so that I can make the perfect world, period. And the only way that that can get done is by destroying everything the rest of what exists i mean destroying not just half of your people not just the weak people no the whole damn uh the whole damn timeline i'm going to destroy the entire timeline your entire timeline that you exist in i'm destroying all of that so it's not just the fact that you don't exist you never did the time you the time you live through never never existed that That was a measure of of power that I said, okay, you're you're elevating just a little bit over Thanos. But then there were things where I just I was like, if you know, because because of course we're going to have the comparison. We're going to have people say like, yo, you know, could he beat up Thanos in a fight? I personally don't think he could. I don't think he could. I don't think he could. I mean, the guy got taken over by by a bunch of ants, like by a bunch of big ass ants. So I don't think that he would be able to, you know, take a a ass whooping by, you know, this big hulking Titan. I just don't I just don't see it happening. Um, You know, it would have to be one of those things where, you know, they always talk about prep time and. You know how 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 much time a person has to prepare. He he needs he need a lot of preparation, but also there's the thought that like. See, and, and I think that's the disconnect, because. For him to see how things have ended and how they've gone and how they've been, and his motivation is to basically eradicate any bad juju, why would he not know that, you know, this ending, which was ultimately our movie, was going to happen? Because he didn't seem very motivated, you know, like he didn't seem overly motivated to make sure that, you know, whoever could stop him wouldn't stop him. Um, you know, there. I think the fight scene towards the end with him and and uh, and uh, Ant Man was it was okay. Now, I'm I'm now I'm somebody of this of this voice. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna and maybe you can make your own judgment once you, once you see it or if you've seen it. Maybe you thought this. I honestly think they should have killed off Ant Man. I really honestly believe that they should have killed him off. That would have been the perfect motivation to continue going through the mcu and investing in new characters because if you don't have the old ones to lean on then you it's not that you're forcing us to accept it but there's a there's a will to accept it because we no longer have an ant-man so now we are relying on the wasp or his daughter to like step up and take that role and be the hero that he once was but they didn't they they really missed that mark and i just i don't know I don't know, and 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 again, like I I wasn't really like I liked Kang as a as a person, but his display of power just wasn't it wasn't world shattering. Like everything that 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 uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character had seen as far as the visions, I was like, yo, that like I want to see that Kang because that Kang was tearing stuff up. Even in in like the blips of you know scenes that they were showing, I was like, okay, he looks badass but this one is a little bit more poetic i mean they, they, they were actually the same person but i was like why are you so much more poetic now and you're you're really giving people resolve and and giving people a, a, you know a, a moment of hope like no if you're going to conquer people conquer them now like like i, I was i was truly rooting for for Kang. I mean it, it's it's a little weird now um we're going to talk about uh you know one of the things that there's always talk about with marvel movies and that is the uh post credit scene and the uh the after after credit scene so the post credit scene was pretty interesting um they showed the kang variants uh as a collective i don't know what world they were collecting on um but basically you had the i I i'll call them the three major uh, versions of Kang um, I don't know who the futuristic uh, one was per the comics I've seen the Egyptian one he's more and, and, and that, that was actually a good sign I was telling a friend this today I was saying for them to acknowledge the Egyptian variation of Kang that's uh, that's closer to the uh, integration of Fantastic Four because Fantastic Four were the opposition to that version of Kang um And then they had another one that, oh, my gosh, I can't remember what his implementation was. But um, basically, they were just kind of playing the field and saying, like, look, we're going to get all the variants together and we're going to stop all this stuff from happening because, yeah, he just got killed and we're not going to, you know, we ain't getting killed no more. (laughs) Like, we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to run stuff. So I think I think that's what they're setting up as far as like the Kang Dynasty stuff. So. You know, I'm looking forward to that. But it's a, it's really, really hard to say like how they plan on doing it, because there's like there there were like millions of these Kang variants. So it's going to be a little weird. Um, and the after credit scene was basically a, I guess, kind of like a setup for Loki season two. And, you know, they're hunting for. Uh, the variant or they've caught wind of the variant somewhere and Loki freaks out when he sees the variant on stage um, introducing himself and he's like that's him that's the guy you know and I think that you know he was so fearful because you know in all the poetry that was spoken you know in the dialogue of uh, he who remains you know and in, in the first season of Loki like I think he got it. I think Loki truly got it. Like this dude's you know, as, as as poetic as he's being right now, he sounds pretty damn dangerous to me. And I think that he truly got that. And then once, you know, um once he you know, he was killed and he saw how that shifted the timeline, I think he I think I think the I think the one person who gets the potential of how bad all this can go is Loki. I think he's the one that gets it the most. So, I'm looking forward to Loki season 2 so that they can you know, so they so I, so I can just see this stuff get fleshed out. And it's so funny because like the, the the thing I like I don't know how many doors they intend to open with all this multiverse stuff. Um I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, you know, there's so many there's so many things that need to be addressed. You know, I know they're going to do the Fantastic Four. They, you know, I think I think the Fantastic Four is going to be their coup de gras. I think that's going to just be like the big. I think I think their Fantastic Four implementation is going to be bigger than the Avengers. I think that's going to be that. I think that's going to be the swerve. I think this. I think the Avengers movies that come out, the King Dynasty, and then Secret Wars. I think those are going to be throwaways, and I think Fantastic Four is going to be like the big one. Um, now how now the Kang dynasty movie I can't even call it I don't know how that's going to play but the one thing that that I find really interesting is that secret wars if they're talking about secret wars from like the 80s that's that's totally different and unrelated from all of this Kang stuff so I think it like okay so like Kang getting all these variants right sounds pretty dangerous What's one thing that can stop Kang? Now I will say this. Secret Wars back from the eighties, they had one being, and his name was the Beyonder. And the Beyonder is literally he he's he's like omnipotent. He you know he he can he knows what he like Kang knows things because he's experienced these things. This dude knows things because he is these things. So like and I and I don't know how they would be able to bring such an OP character like the Beyonder to uh to the big screen. But if they do Secret Wars, you can't. Basically, you can't do Secret Wars without talking about the Beyonder because he is Secret Wars. He's the whole. He's the whole reason that the Secret Wars happens and we'll get into the thick of what the secret wars is on another podcast because yeah that's it's a lot like i said i spent a whole lot of time talking to my friend and we were talking multiverse and i was even talking the multiverse with him i was just like it was just kind of spinning around in my head i'm like dude i'm kind of dizzy but uh are you going to go and check out ant-man and the wasp hopefully you do if you do then maybe we can talk about it on social media you guys can hit me up on the twitter you know, that's where I am. More M-O-O-R-E-T-A podcast. Hit me up over there. Let me know how the movie was for you. Are you guys going to be buying Hogwarts Legacy or do you already have it? Have you spent some time getting those spells? Have you got some of the unforgivable spells? Um, how about Hi-Fi Rush? Have you played that Um that's a really cool game. I would definitely highly recommend it. Um, if you've played it, maybe you can tell me how you've enjoyed it. Uh, do you plan on getting any of the new releases, returnal wild hearts, like a dragon Ishin, or, um, atomic heart? Um, yeah. Do you plan on getting any of those? If you do, like I said, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter, more TA podcast. Well, that's going to do it guys. Glad to be back. This was a really good episode. um, I look forward to being back next week. I'm going to try really, really hard to get back into the consistent graces of all of you wonderful people. Thank you guys for, um, you know, you know who you are. Thank you for asking about me. Uh, checking in with me, making sure that, you know, everything was good for me. And then most importantly, saying to me that you truly um, were invested in the content that I was creating and that you'd like me to continue creating it. Because to be quite honest, and like I said, I'm not going to sit here and like drag this thing out for like miles and miles. But, you know, there was a time where I just felt like maybe I was, you know, climbing a hill not meant to be climbed, and. You know, I lost my step a little bit, but it really does help and it really does feel awesome when I'm able to engage with people who actually um, enjoy the content. So, again, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Well, with that being said, you guys already know the drill. I'm out of here. I'm going to go play some Hogwarts Legacy and I'm probably going to go see another movie today. Um, But we'll talk about that next week. So until next week, you know the drill. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys.